0: Happy birthday, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Chapter 7. The Never Finished Cure. Janie Beaumont, come back here this very minute. You're supposed to finish raking up these leaves, Mrs. Beaumont called. But Janie didn't hear her mother. She was too busy yelling at her best friend, Christy Ann McCullen. Wait for me. The rake lay forgotten in a lumpy pile of leaves as Janie leapt onto her bike and rode off down the street after Christy Ann. About an hour later, the two girls, pink-cheeked and giggling, came bouncing into the kitchen, where Janie's mother had just taken a pan of muffins out of the oven. "'Oh, goody, Mom,' Janie said. "'Can we have muffins and milk, please?' It was difficult for Janie's mother to be stern with her daughter. She was always so sweet and enthusiastic. Oh, all right, said Mrs. Beaumont, but you absolutely must finish raking up the leaves before dinner time. You promised your father you would finish yesterday, you know. Sure, Mom. Hey, Christiane, you want to work on our bead rings? Asked Janie, reaching for a muffin. She took a big bite of muffin and ran for her box of beads. The girl sat at the kitchen table, wolfing down snacks and stringing beads. Chattering all the while, Mrs. Beaumont went upstairs to make a phone call. She returned to the kitchen fifteen minutes later to find crumbs, beads scattered all over the table and no girls in sight. Janie, where are you? Come back and clean up this mess! But Janie and Christiane were nowhere to be seen. Mrs. Beaumont looking out the window, hoping to see Janie raking the yard, but the girls were not there either. Then she heard a shrill tooting noise coming from overhead. She tracked the sound to Janie's bedroom, where the girls were taking turns playing Janie's flute. Janie Beaumont, said her mother in exasperation, you go right back downstairs and clean up your beads, and then you need to finish raking those leaves. I'm sorry, Christiane, but I think it's time for you to go home. Janie's got some work to do. "'Sorry, Mom,' said Janie. "'Bye, Christy Ann. She walked Christy Ann to the front door and then wandered into the kitchen, where she found half a muffin among the beads. absent-mindedly nibbling it, Janie scooped up a handful of beads, fully intending to put them back in their storage box. But suddenly she spotted one of the rare sparkly teal beads that were her special favorite color. It would be perfect for her new bead ring. Janie dropped the muffin and picked up the bead ring. She'd begun earlier. She was hard at work on it when her mother came into the kitchen. Janie, I told you to clean up those beads. And you haven't finished the leaves yet. And you know you still have your book report to write. Mrs. McBride called me today to say this is the third time this month you have been late turning in your work. Now listen, darling. You've simply got to learn to finish things. I'm sorry, Mom, said Janie remorsefully. I guess I got distracted. She hurriedly scooped the rest of her beads, along with a good many muffin crumbs, into their box and ran upstairs to put the box away. She honestly meant to go back out and finish raking the leaves, as she had promised, but when she put the box of beads on her desk, she saw the book that she was supposed to write her book report her book report on. She picked it up and flipped to a funny part she had especially liked. Before she knew it, she was deeply immersed in the book, which she had already read twice. Suddenly a huge gust of wind blew a spattering of raindrops against the window. Janey jumped off her bed and looked outside at the unraked leaves sailing through the air across the lawn and sidewalk. "'Oh, well,' she said." I guess I'll finish raking tomorrow. But feeling a little nervous about what her mother would say, she decided to get going on her book report. She sat down at her desk and opened her drawer to get some paper. Her glance fell upon a bottle of her favorite glittery blue nail polish. She looked at her fingernails and forgot all about the book report. She had just finished painting her left hand when the phone rang. It was Christy Ann calling to talk about the costume party from the neighborhood children were going to throw for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle on her birthday. The girls were very excited about the party, and there was a great many important details to discuss. What kind of costume would they wear? What kind of present would they make for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle? On and on the two girls giggled, planned, and gossiped until Janie heard her mother calling her to come down for dinner. Only then did Janie remember her still unfinished book report. She went into the kitchen where her mother was making a salad and her father was opening the mail. Hi, Daddy, she said, somewhat sheepishly. I'm sorry I didn't get those messy old leaves raked up before it began to rain. Janie's father smiled at his little girl. Well, your mother told me you were working on your book report, so I guess it's all right. How did it go? All finished? Janie gulped. Well... "'Janie,' her mother's eyeing her curiously, "'why do you have nail polish on one hand and not on the other?' "'Oh,' said Janie in surprise, "'I guess I got distracted.' Mr. and Mrs. Beaumont exchanged glances. "'But you did finish the book report, didn't you?' Mrs. Beaumont asked. "'Well,' said Janie. "'I see,' said her father. "'All right, let's have dinner, "'and then I strongly suggest you finish that report tonight.' unless you'd like to be in the fourth grade until you're 12, he added. After dinner, Janie went dutifully up to her room, but when she picked up a pen to begin her book report, she noticed the unpolished nail on her right hand and decided to give them a quick coat first. Then she decided that she might as well paint her toes while she was at it. She sat on her bed and painted them. Then, once she was finished, she realized she'd have to stay there until they were dry. Her pen and paper were out of reach, but she was just barely able to slide her bead box off the shelf. She dug through the loose beads until she found the ring she had started earlier. Several of its beads had slipped off because she had not tied off the string completely. Janie pawed through the box, searching for that particular bead she wanted. She was so busy that she didn't hear her mother come into her room. It doesn't look like a book report to me,' said Mrs. Beaumont. "'I'm extremely disappointed with you, Janie. "'Now put those beads away this minute. "'It's way past your bedtime.' Janie looked up at her mother, stricken. "'I'm sorry, Mom. "'Honestly, I... "'I guess I just lost track of time. "'See, I was just going to... "'Hush,' interrupted her mother. "'I'm tired of excuses.' "'You'll have to get up early tomorrow "'and work on your book report before school.' "'Mrs. Beaumont kissed Janie good-night "'and went downstairs, sighing heavily "'as she sank into the couch beside her husband. "'Mr. Beaumont turned off the television "'and looked at her with an eyebrow raised. "'Don't tell me,' he said, "'she didn't finish. "'I think she hardly even got started,' "'moaned Mrs. Beaumont. "'Oh, Hamilton, I don't know how to get Janie "'to finish anything.' She's a very sweet and thoughtful girl, really very creative, but she just seems to drift from one project to the next, never finishing any of them. Have you talked to Christiane's mother? asked Mr. Beaumont. Yes, and she says that Christiane is not allowed to start a new project until she finishes the last one, but Janie always has so many projects underway. It could be years before she finishes them all. The next morning Janie's alarm went off very early. She got right up, intended to work on the long neglected book report, but somewhere between her bed and her desk she remembered Mrs. Pigglewiggles' Wiggle's party. Only four more days until the party, she said. I've got to get going on her present. Janie loved to make things for people. She was especially excited about making a gift for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle because Mrs. Pigglewiggle Wiggle was always so nice to her. She remembered how last summer she and some of the other children had wanted to play tug-of-war with Mrs. Piggle Wiggle in the yard. No one had a rope, so Mrs. Piggle Wiggle had volunteered her red winter scarf. By the time Janie's team won the tug-of-war, "'Pulling Blake Bronson's team into the deep hole "'where the boys had been digging "'for Mrs. Pigglewiggle's buried treasure, "'the poor red scarf had been stretched past all use.' "'Now the cold weather was coming,' thought Janie, "'and Mrs. Pigglewiggle had no scarf. "'That's what I'll do. I'll knit her one.' "'She took the knitting basket out of her closet "'and cleared her desk to make room for it. "'Then she began to sort through the yarn, "'picking out colors,' When her mother called her to breakfast, she jumped. Time had slipped away so quickly. Janey hurried into her clothes and made her bed. She raced downstairs to the kitchen, thinking of nothing but Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's scarf. Good morning, greeted her father. How's the book report coming along? Janey gasped. Oh, I was just about to start when I remembered that I need a gift for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's party this weekend and... "'There will be no party for you, young lady,' said Mr. Beaumont sternly, "'unless you finish that book report.' "'And rake the leaves,' added Mrs. Beaumont. "'Okay,' Jeannie said in a pitiful little voice. She looked so miserable that Mrs. Beaumont softened a little bit. After Janie had left for school, her mother sat musing about her sweet-natured daughter. Surely it wasn't Janie's fault, she thought, that she was so easily distracted.' But, really, that book report was almost a week overdue by now. Just then the phone rang. It was the Beaumont's next-door neighbor, Phyllis Philpot. Mrs. Beaumont had barely gotten out a hello when Phyllis started talking. Mary Louise, I hate to bother you, but Sinclair and I are very concerned about the leaves that have begun to blow into our yard. As you know, Carrie and Larry have mold allergies and... Yes, I know all about the twins' allergies, said Mrs. Beaumont hastily. "Jeanie will finish raking the leaves this afternoon. Oh, good, because otherwise I'm afraid I'm going to have to start putting masks on the twins before they go outside, and really that would be awful because their skin is so very sensitive, you know. Yes, yes, awful, murmured Mrs. Beaumont, getting off the phone as fast as she could, but the problem of Jeannie's distractibility worried her more than ever. It was bad enough to think that Janey might have to miss Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's party, but now she had to put up with Phyllis Philpott's complaining, too. Thinking of Mrs. Piggle Wiggle gave Mrs. Beaumont an idea. She dialed Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's number and explained the whole situation. I'm certainly glad you called me, Mrs. Beaumont," said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. I would hate for Janie to miss my birthday party just as much as you would. I'm counting on her to help with the decorations. She has such a creative touch, you know. Let's see. I think this calls for a dose of Accomplishment Powder." "'Accomplishment Powder?' echoed Mrs. Beaumont. "'Yes, indeed. All you do is sprinkle a little on Janie's hands and feet after she goes to sleep to-night. Shall I send it over? Wag can deliver it. Oh, yes, please. Thank you so much, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. By the time Janie came home from school that day, Wag had dropped off the accomplishment powder, and Mrs. Beaumont had tucked it away in the medicine cabinet. Mrs. Beaumont waited anxiously for her daughter's bedtime arrival. She had to remind Janie at least half a dozen times to finish raking the leaves. Janie kept starting the task with a good will, but after a few minutes her attention wandered. At one point Mrs. Beaumont caught her with the rake in one hand and a book in the other, trying to read and gather leaves at the same time, and accomplishing very little of either. Mrs. Beaumont shook her head in exasperation, but she said nothing. She also said nothing when Janie got busy knitting instead of working on her book report, nor when Janey drifted away from knitting leaving a tangle of rainbow-colored yarn on her desk to pull out half the contents of her mother's craft closet in search of the material she needed to make her costume for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's party. Mr. Beaumont looked as if he could say plenty when he came home and found the leaves still strewn all over the yard, but Mrs. Beaumont shushed him and told him in a whisper all about the accomplishment powder. "'Better make it a double dose,' muttered Mr. Beaumont, eyeing the tale of Janie's unfinished projects. That evening, when Mrs. Beaumont was sure Janie was fast asleep, she tiptoed to her bedside and carefully sprinkled the powder on Janie's hands and feet. It was almost invisible, just a faint, dusty glimmering in the dim hall light.' The next morning Janie got up and began to make her bed, just like always. Then she caught sight of her knitting on the desk, and the heap of yarn. She thought of how happy Mrs. Picklewiggle would be with her rainbow scarf. She felt a rush of enthusiasm to work on the scarf right away. She turned toward the desk, but found much to her surprise that her feet would not move away from the bed, and her hands would not let go of the bedsheets. She shook her arms, trying to open her hands, but they clutched the sheets tightly and would not let go. "'Mom!' she yelled in alarm. Mother came running. "'What is it?' "'I can't stop making my bed,' Janie wailed. Mrs. Beaumont laughed. "'Good for you,' she said, heading on down the hall. "'Wait, Mom, you don't understand,' called Janie, while her hands seeming to work all on their own, as if they were not part of her body pulled the sheets to the head of the bed and smoothed it down. They went on pulling and patting and smoothing until the comforter was properly spread and the pillow fluffed. Only then was Janie able to move away from the bed. She sank down in her desk chair in relief to write her book report. There was still time before breakfast to work on the scarf, she decided. She made a move to shove her half-finished book report out of the way so that she could work on Mrs. Picklewiggle's scarf, but to her great consternation she found that she could not let go of the paper. Not again, she wailed. After several attempts to drop the paper, shake it loose, and even hurl it across the room, all to no avail, Janie sighed and decided she might as well write her book report and get it over with. She reached for a pen. This time her hands obeyed. Instantly shrugging, Jane began to write. Once she started, she found that she could not stop. She wrote and wrote, and before she knew it, the report was finished. Only then would her busy hands release the pen. Well, that's done at least, she said. But now her mother was calling her down to breakfast, and there was no time to work on the scarf. She scrambled into her clothes and brushed her teeth her hands cooperated beautifully, except when she tried to put the brush down halfway through. It was like that with all the day long. Janie found herself unable to fiddle with her bracelet during math class or to write a note to Christiane during science. At lunchtime, she even had to finish her sandwich before her hands would let her pick up a cookie. At recess, all the kids were talking about Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's party. Janie couldn't wait to get home and work on her costume, not to mention Mrs. Picklewiggle's Wiggle's scarf. That afternoon she ran home as fast as she could. She kicked her way through the leaves that covered her lawn, but when she tried to run up the porch steps, she discovered that her feet would not budge from the walkway, and her hands were reaching for the rake, which she had left laying in the grass the day before. It was Mrs. Beaumont's turn to be surprised when she glanced out the window, wondering why Janie hadn't come home from school yet and saw her daughter industriously raking the last of the leaves into a huge pile in the side yard. With a final flourish of the rake, Janie turned and ran towards the kitchen door, red-cheeked and breathless. Look, Mom, I finished the leaves. Now I just need to bag them before they blow away. Don't you want to come in for a snack first? asked her mother, bewildered. No, I'll just finish this job first, okay? When Janie finished bagging the leaves, her hands would let go of the leaf bag until she had t- tied the bag shut. She was going to leave the rake leaning against the fence, but her hands wouldn't let go of it until she hung the rake up in the garage where it belonged. All finished, Mom, Janie announced proudly as she ran into the kitchen. I need to take my snacks up to my room because I've got a lot of stuff to finish before the party tomorrow. Janie's mother gave her a big hug. Your father will be very happy when he sees what a beautiful job you did raking up all the leaves. Janie hurried up the stairs two at a time, and when she went into the room, she started towards the phone by her bed to call Christiane. But her feet marched on past the bed, and she sat down at her desk instead. She tried to reach for the bead box, but her hands fastened on a twist of rainbow yarn and then on her knitting needles. When the phone by Janie's bed rang, she tried to stand up, but she was struck but she was stuck to the chair. She couldn't let go of the yarn, but she found that she didn't even mind because she could hardly wait to finish the scarf for Mrs. Picklewiggle. And once she began to knit, Janie was so excited to watch it grow even longer that she didn't even try to start anything else until the scarf was finished. Once she tied off the last bit of rainbow-colored fringe, Janie realized that she had plenty of time before dinner to work on her costume, too. Janie began putting her dancing princess costume together. Her mother had saved Janie's ballerina skirt from the spring dance recital, and as Janie rummaged through the pile of things she had found in her mother's craft closet, she said to herself, The hem of this skirt could use a few sparkly beads. When she reached for the bead box, she saw the unfinished beaded ring. She thought about picking up the ring, but she decided to finish her costume first. Janie carefully glued two rows of sparkly beads on the hem of the ballerina skirt, Then, with no trouble, she finished not only the bead ring, but a matching bracelet and necklace as well. Looking at the finished jewelry, Janie realized that it would match her dancing princess costume perfectly. She decided to try everything on to see how it looked. Wow, this is beautiful, Janie said proudly. She pirouetted in front of the mirror, admiring all that she had accomplished. Now I'm finished. And I'm all ready for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's birthday party. 8. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's birthday party. It was Wag who heard the children first. He jumped up from his resting spot in the warm sunshine streaming through the bedroom window and began barking excitedly, wagging his tail back and forth. Yes, Wag, I hear them too, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, smiling. She hurried downstairs and opened the front door wide what a lovely day this promises to be she exclaimed as she stood in the sunlight watching all of her young friends scamper towards her upside-down house up the street skipping waving laughing and calling to each other came the children Some were on roller skates, and some on bicycles, and some on skateboards and scooters, and all were carrying bags of brightly colored decorations. A few children even pulled along wagons full of colorfully wrapped packages. The first ones up the front steps were Janie Beaumont and Christiane McCullen, smiling and out of breath from their skate. "'Happy birthday, Mrs. Wiggle! they shouted in unison. "'What a wonderful day you've picked to celebrate your birthday. "'It's a good thing we baked so many cakes and cupcakes yesterday. "'It looks like everyone is coming to your birthday party.' "'Blake Branson put his bag of decorations on the porch steps "'and hung his costume on the porch railing, saying proudly, "'Mom and Dad and a bunch of the other parents "'are sending you a surprise today, cause it's your birthday.' "'Shh, silly, you'll spoil it,' the girl said. Mrs. Picklewiggle just smiled and gave Blake a big hug. "'It's so sweet of them, dear. "'Now, children, let's get busy. "'You girls can help me in the house with food. "'Boys, I found some sawhorses and planks in the basement "'that will make the perfect party tables and benches.'" Patsy Waters and Betsy Appleby, who had just skipped into the front hall, said in unison, "'Don't you dare. No work for you today, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. We'll take care of everything. Now you just sit and relax.' Betsy pulled out a chair. Soon everyone was busy. Blake helped Ricky and Woody Timbers drag the sawhorses and planks up from the basement and made a long table with benches and under the apple tree. "'Whoa, Blake,' said Woody. "'For a minute I thought you were going to let the cat out of the bag and tell Mrs. Pigglewiggle what her surprise is.' Will Pemberton dragged Mrs. Pigglewiggle's rocking chair off the front porch and put it at the head of the table. Sharon Rogers and Marilyn Matson decorated the chairs with balloons and streamers. "'We had better fill in a few of those holes we dug yesterday when we were looking for treasure, or one of the clumsy old girls will fall in it,' said Timmy O'Connor with a smirk on his face. "'That's not very nice, Timmy,' "'Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle wouldn't want you to say such mean things,' said Blake, as he picked up a shovel and began to fill in a particularly deep hole by the apple tree. "'That's right,' said Marilyn. "'Besides, you're probably just worried that we girls will find your old treasure before you do.' "'Hey, down below!' yelled Sheen Hanover from up in the top of the tree. "'Quit babbling and blow up some more balloons.' "'Yeah,' shouted George O'Connor, who was just a branch below Sheen. "'Stop all that chin music. "'We need a ton more balloons up here and lots more streamers to tie him up.' "'What's chin music, George?' asked Herbert Prentiss "'as he hoisted himself on to the next branch over. "'That's what my dad says to my mom when she talks on the phone too long,' George replied. "'There were at least six boys in the apple tree.' and at its base were eight red-faced balloon blowers with yards of colored streamers draped over their shoulders. Matt and Kevin McGregor were winding the bright paper ribbons around the trunk and and tying balloons to the lower branches. Matt made sure Mrs. Picklewiggle wasn't in earshot, then, just to be safe, he shielded his mouth with one hand and loudly whispered to Kevin, "'The balloon blowers!' MY BIG BROTHER RICHARD TOLD ME THAT EVERYTHING IS ALL SET FOR THE BIG SURPRISE. IN THE KITCHEN, MRS. PIGGLEWIGGLE SMILED, AND HUMMED ALONG WITH THE MUSIC OF TAPPING HAMMERS, POPPING STAPLERS, AT EVERY PICKET OF THE FENCE SURROUNDING HER YARD WAS DECORATED. STREAMERS, BANNERS, AND BALLOONS WERE SOON MERRILY FLYING FROM EVERY SURFACE THAT COULD BE HAMMERED, TIED, STAPLED, OR DRAPED. Clusters of balloons and streamers danced in the breeze as it blew softly through the branches of the apple tree. The party table and benches were draped in a lumpy excess of colored paper stapled heavily in places. The girls had decorated Mrs. Picklewiggle's rocking chair with so many balloons that one leg hovered inches above the ground, threatening to fly away and on the front porch Penelope's cage was covered with flowers and streamers, and Penelope herself squawked, Happy birthday! Happy birthday! whenever any of the children walked past. The whole house teemed with busy decorators endlessly whispering about a party surprise. The children exchanged smug smiles whenever they passed each other, proud that Mrs. Pigglewiggle did not have the foggiest idea what on earth the surprise could be. The kitchen was filled with choruses of oopsies and lots of laughter as the girls spread frosting and sprinkled candy on the enormous eight-layer birthday cake. Finally, the cake was assembled and decorated. The happy bakers anchored the layers with long wooden skewers to keep the cake from toppling over under the weight of the swirls of blobs of rainbow-colored frosting that had been lavishly applied and the cake now sat regally covered in shiny red foil on Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's bread boards. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's largest soup pot acted as a punch bowl filled to the brim with pink lemonade. Every bowl and basket in her kitchen held popcorn, potato chips, candy, and two whole dishpans were filled with fruit salad, Paper plates and napkins and cups and plastic forks and spoons were already set out on the long picnic table. Let's carry the dining room table outside and use it to, pull, to put all this lovely food on, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle suggested, smiling at her eager helpers. Of course, she didn't say a word as she crunched her way across the sticky gooey kitchen floor. I think we're ready to eat. What do you think, Lester? She asked. Lester the pig, who had been doing his best to wipe up the dripping frosting and push the spilled decorations into a neat pile, nodded eagerly. "'Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle,' Betsy Appleby said, "'how many candles should we put on your cake? Now, as you might remember, no one really knew how old Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle was, nor how old she would be if today really were her birthday. The mere—the more the merrier!' "'Betsy, dear, but I think 20 seems like a nice round number to me. "'What do you think?' "'The girls all agreed happily that 20 was an excellent number. "'Now, Lester, dear, please help me slide the birthday cake onto the tea wagon, "'and I'll let you put the candles on for me.' "'Lester carefully placed 22 candles neatly on the huge cake. "'Oh, Lester, thank you. How clever you are. "'20 candles and two extra.' "'one candle to make a wish on and one to grow.' "'Mrs. Picklewiggle laughed as she said, "'Of course I will never grow any bigger.' "'Just then Blake Benson and Will Pemberton "'came racing into the kitchen skidding to a stop "'just before hitting the towering birthday cake. "'There's a pizza truck and an ice cream truck outside. "'They say that they have a present for you.' "'Everyone ran outside to the front yard to see. "'Hello, gentlemen.' said mrs piggle wiggle with a smile what can i do for you the pizza man spoke first well ma'am we heard that you were having a birthday party today and we brought pizza and ice cream for everyone with that the children led up a cheer compliments of all the parents in the neighborhood with their thanks the ice cream man said with a wink why what a wonderful surprise mrs piggle wiggle clapped her hands together in delight "'Everyone filled their plates with all the pizza and ice cream they could eat "'and headed to the picnic tables to fill their tummies as well. "'The children had piled their presents for Mrs. Pigglewiggle "'in the shiny new red wheelbarrow they had bought with their saved allowance "'and had hidden the wheelbarrow under a tap in the backyard. "'Now it sat gleaming proudly.' by Mrs. Pigglewiggle's rocking chair full of gaily wrapped presents. Kitten Hanover led Mrs. Pigglewiggle to her rocking chair. "'Keep your eyes closed and don't open them until we tell you to,' she warned. After Mrs. Pigglewiggle was seated, the children all said in unison, "'Now open your eyes!' and launched into a spirited rendition of Happy Birthday, with the fetlock far away singing so enthusiastically "'that kept going for a few lines "'even after everyone had finished singing. "'Mrs. Pigglewiggle clapped her hands and beamed. "'That was lovely, children. Thank you.' "'The boys sat on one side of the long table "'and the girls on the other, "'and Mrs. Piggle at one head of the table "'and Lester at the other end. "'Penelope was uncovered "'and happily eating fruit salad, occasionally squawking. "'Happy birthday, Ock! Happy birthday!' Wag sat under the table, hoping for a scrap to fall, while Lightfoot slept on the pillow at the porch. Jonathan Campbell had tied Spotty the pony under the apple tree, where he could watch the party and, of course, enjoy the carrots Jonathan had thoughtfully brought for him. Soon all the food was eaten, and Jonathan announced proudly, Time to open your presents, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. More presents? Why, children, you shouldn't have. Oh, my, what a grand party we're having, but I think we should get into our costumes before I open these lovely packages. Let's wheel everything in and put it next to the chandelier and the birthday cake. Everyone helped clear the table. The wheelbarrow was put next to the chandelier, which was already lit up in order to show off more decorations. One of the dining room chairs had been decorated to resemble a throne for Mrs. Pigglewiggle. "'Fit for a queen,' Christiane said proudly, as she draped the chair with white fake fur blanket that she had brought from her home. "'Please, please, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, open your presents now. We're too excited to wait until the costume party,' said Molly O'Toole, hopping up and down with excitement. "'Yes, please open them,' said the children, as they gathered round Mrs. Pigglewiggle's chair." read the card tied to the wheelbarrow first sheen said mrs piggle wiggle carefully opened the card and read aloud from all of us happy birthday each child had signed his or her name below thank you children mrs piggle wiggle said what a wonderful surprise a beautiful new wheelbarrow i'll bet you boys have tied have tried to repair that old worn out leaky tire on my old one a million times. This is the perfect gift. Then Mrs. Pigglewinkle opened each present and read each card. Soon there was a huge pile of wrapping paper in the wheelbarrow and a pile of open presents next to it. New garden tools from Kitty Wheeling, a handmade potholder from Pergola Wingsproggle, dish towels from Molly O'Toole, garden gloves, a new gardening hat, a rainbow-colored scarf, an apron, and finally a scrapbook filled with pictures of all the children. Mrs. Pigglewiggle had tears in her eyes and a smile on her lips as she thanked each child. Thank you, boys and girls. You are my dearest and best friends. You have given me so much happiness today. Now it's time for the costume party and the birthday cake. "'Boys, take your costumes upstairs into the spare room. "'Girls, you can change in my room, "'and then we can all help me decide what to wear.' "'Everyone raced up the stairs. "'There was a lot of good-natured bumping and shoving, "'but Mrs. Pigglewiggle didn't hear a single cross word "'as she followed the jostling children. "'Wag at her heels. "'Soon all the girls had on their costumes. "'They could hear the boys chattering and banging "'as they raced back downstairs.' "'Hurry, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, what are you going to wear? "'The boys are all dressed,' they pleaded. "'Yes, I can hear them. "'Close your eyes and count to twenty slowly.' Mrs. Piggle Wiggle chuckled to herself as she went into her closet. "'I know what I'll wear now, my queen outfit. "'That will be just perfect for today, "'for you all have made me feel just like a queen.' "'When the girls had slowly counted to twenty, "'they opened their eyes, and there stood Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Resplendently dressed, she had on a a lavender satin dress. Round her shoulders she had draped a purple fur-trimmed robe. Atop her head glittered a jeweled crown. She wore gold slippers and jeweled buckles on her feet and rings on every finger. As a final touch, she carried a gold scepter. "'Oh, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, you look beautiful!' the girls exclaimed as they gathered round her. "'Come, my loyal subjects, down to the throne room to join the others,' Mrs. Pigglewiggle said in her most queenly voice. "'Follow me!' Two ballerinas held Mrs. Pigglewiggle's train as the rest of the costumed little girls followed them down the stairs. No one said a word until Mrs. Pigglewiggle was seated. Holding the golden scepter high, she said, "'Now, let me have a look at my loyal subjects' costumes.' There were many sparkly ballerina princesses, five gypsies, two mermaids, and one cowgirl. The boys had mostly dressed as pirates and cowboys. There were two clowns and an astronaut and a deep-sea diver. At the back of the crowd of children hid three boys who clearly did not want to be seen. "'Step forward, my three loyal subjects. Be not afraid,' Mrs. Pigglewiggle said in her most queenly voice. Jonathan Campbell and two little MacGregor twins, Kevin and Matt, walked slowly forward. None of them were wearing costumes. Why, what is the problem, my subjects? Why do you look so sad? Mrs. Pigglewiggle asked. We forgot our costumes, little Ma- Kevin MacGregor said sadly, looking down at the floor. Why, that is no problem at all, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, walking over to a large, intricately carved Chinese chest under the living-room window. Now, she said majestically, as she swirled aside the Spanish shawl that covered the chest, I think my three loyal subjects will find all they need in here. Come, Jonathan, bring Matt and Kevin with you. Mrs. Pigglewiggle pointed to the brass lock with her sceptre as she handed Jonathan the large golden key on a heavy chain that she wore looped over the golden belt around her waist. "'Jonathan proudly took the key and knelt down in front of the chest. "'Wow, this is way cool,' Jonathan said, his eyes wide as saucers. "'There are so many costumes in here. Look, Matt and Kevin.' "'The three boys each found just what they wanted to wear "'and hurried upstairs to put on their costumes.' While they were waiting for them, the other children took turns looking in the huge magic costume chest. Soon everyone had found at least two or three things to add to their costumes. Sparkly wands, gold-painted wooden swords, assorted jewelry and tiaras, feather boas, silver and gold slippers, boots and capes, and flower-covered hats, fringed leather vests, complete ballerina costumes, pirate costumes, cowboy hats, and even a dragon and a gorilla suit. Once they had finished outfitting themselves, the children turned to Mrs. Picklewiggle's pets. Before long, Wag was wearing a red silk scarf and Lightfoot a pale blue one. Lester looked dashing, if a bit uncomfortable, in a purple velvet vest and white sequined bow tie. The children were still looking through the costumes scattered around the chest when Jonathan, Matt, and Kevin came back downstairs dressed as swashbuckling pirates. "'Now, my loyal subjects, are you all ready to eat cake?' Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said. "'Yes, you bet. Let's dig in.' "'Then let us close the magic chest. Retire to the feast,' Mrs. Piggle Wiggle intoned regally. The children began picking up the costumes from the front, from the floor and handing them to Jonathan, who placed them carefully in the chest. Suddenly he stopped, a startled look on his face, and began rummaging in the bottom of the trunk. "'Hey, Mrs. Pigglewiggle! I think I've found something,' Jonathan said. "'There's a funny lump in the bottom.' He rummaged a bit more. "'Here it is,' he exclaimed. "'It's some sort of knob.' Jonathan pulled at the knob, but nothing happened he began emptying the costumes once again, diving further and further into the deepest chest. "'I'd better take the rest of these out, missus Picklewiggle, Piggle-Wiggle,' Jonathan said in a muffled voice. He was now hanging upside down under the side of the chest, handing the remaining costumes to Mad and Kevin, who were piling them on the floor. When the chest was empty, Matt and Kevin grabbed Jonathan's feet, and he pulled both hands on the knob and gave a hard yank.' All of a sudden, the children heard a muffled whoa from the bottom of the chest. They ran and peered over the side just in time to see the floor of the chest slowly slide to one side, revealing a hidden compartment. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, look, Jonathan said proudly, staring into the dark recesses of the newly unveiled secret compartment. Why, Jonathan, I never knew there was a hidden false bottom in that chest, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said. Jonathan raised his head from the chest, stepping out of the way to allow Mrs. Pigglewiggle a closer look. She reached in and took out a large package wrapped in red satin, tied with a golden ribbon. There was a small white card attached, which she read aloud. Dear wife, happy birthday. Finally, my love, I know that you would choose to celebrate your birthday some day, and knowing how much you and your friends love to play dress-up, I thought it would be fun to hide this grand present for you in your costume trunk. Much joy, your loving husband, Captain Pigglewiggle. Mrs. Pigglewiggle opened the package. There were stacks and stacks of seed packets, seeds for every kind of flower and herb and vegetable that children had ever heard of, and some that they hadn't. There was a golden envelope nestled along the treasures. She opened it, and out fell another note as large and folded blue paper. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle read the note aloud. Dear wife, now you can have the vegetable garden that you always talked about. As you can see, there are seeds enough for you to plant the biggest, best garden ever. I am also giving you a set of blueprints for that tree house that you always wanted to build in the apple tree. Before my last journey, I left instructions at the hardware store so that they will have everything you need. Enjoy the garden, treehouse, and think of me. Happy birthday once again, your loving husband. Oh, children, isn't this a lovely birthday surprise, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said, tears of joy streaming down her face. Now we must really celebrate and light the birthday candles. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle waved the golden scepter over the cake and each candle magically burst to life. Now, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said in her queenly voice, blow out the candles for me, loyal subjects, and make a wish for yourselves, as all of my birthday wishes have come true. Once the candles were blown out, Janie Beaumont and Christy Ann McCullen began cutting the cake and handing out slices. The festive group fell silent for a few moments as they happily devoured their treats. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle and the children had just about finished when Matt nudged Kevin and whispered, I think I hear them coming up the street. Who? Kevin asked. Matt nudged him. Oh! Kevin nodded in understanding. Yahoo! he shouted as he ran and opened the front door. Come on outside, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Your surprise is here. Another surprise? Mrs. Piggle Wiggle exclaimed. But you've already given me the loveliest birthday anyone had ever asked for. What else could there possibly be? Mrs. Pigglewiggle followed Matt to the door, with all the other children jostling, jumping up and down, and joyously shouting behind them. As Mrs. Pigglewiggle stepped out onto the front porch, she gasped, for waiting in the street outside her house was an entire marching band. And when they saw her, they immediately struck up for she's a jolly good fellow. Surprise me, surprise, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said. Happy birthday, surprise parade, the children shouted above the music. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle could not believe her eyes and ears. Oh, my goodness, how splendid. Thank you, thank you. Why, this is the grandest and most wonderful surprise of all. I do love a parade. Come on, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. We're waiting f- "'They're waiting for us,' Matt said, grabbing her hand and dragging her to the street. When they reached the end of the walk, the band leader strode over to them. He bowed to Mrs. Pigglewiggle and held out his hand with a grin. With a bewildered look, Mrs. Pigglewiggle placed her hand in his and followed him. She brought her to the rear of the band, where Spotty and the pony waited, wearing festive flower-bedecked saddle. The band leader escorted Mrs. Piggle Wiggle to Spotty, helped her into the saddle, and then resumed his place at the front of the band. At his signal, and still playing merrily, the band began to march down the street. As the band moved forward, the children formed two lines on either side of Spotty and the marching along, raising their knees high with every step. And with that, the entire parade marched proudly down the street of the town. Parents and well-wishers lined the streets, some holding banners, saying, We love you, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and others waving flags. Everyone was whistling and clapping along to the music and shouts of, Happy birthday, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, followed the happy costume marchers all the way through town. By the time the parade arrived at the town square, the whole town was there. The mayor himself escorted Mrs. Piggle Wiggle from her perch atop Spotty to a throne in the large gazebo in the square. And when the band began playing, Happy Birthday, an enormous circle formed around Mrs. Piggle Wiggle as the town joined in joyful voice to serenade her. The End And that is the last of the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle book series. Wouldn't it be neat if you were uh, Betty McDonald's daughter and you found this book 50 years later that your mother had written and then you published it? So cool. There is uh, one more book by Betty McDonald that I might read sometime, so keep posted for that. But the next book we're going to read is a Western called Roy Rogers and Dale Evans in the River of Peril. Join me for that.